This podcast contains blunt language, doesn't mince words and shatters conventional wisdom. Listener discretion is advised. This economic crisis is like a cancer. 18 to 24 year olds, there's only 54% of us that are actually working right now. There will always be economic factors that we can't control. Even shelling out the big bucks for a brand name school doesn't guarantee anything in a recession. Warning that the economy is very weak. And that the US may already be in a double dip recession. What I would say to everybody is, get prepared. Get ready! Are you ready? Go down! What you are about to hear is the unauthorized. Oh wait, I'm not even allowed to say that. Uncensored. Oh! Blink! Unfair Edge with Jonah Jones. Surprise. Selling stock files is just like printing money out of thin air, especially now with digital cameras. Now, when I say selling stock, if you thought that I was going to talk about the New York Stock Exchange, well, sorry to disappoint. But that isn't passive income. That's not a strategy for it. Because successful stock trading requires an active role in the investment process. What I'm referring to here is stock photos, footage, flash, and web elements. Since not many people are web geniuses, and because video equipment is expensive, I'm going to spend most of today's program talking about stock photography. Because anybody can get themselves a digital camera, and anybody can snap a picture. And that's not to denigrate photographers, there is a lot of skill involved in that, but it's a skill that people can learn as well. However, if you're a coder, there's a website for you to sell stock code, like CodeCanyon.net. If you're a flash artist, then there's a website for that. For website templates, there's Theme Forest. For stock music, there's Audio Jungle. There's Graphic River. There's 3D Ocean. Active Den. There's all sorts of ways that you can sell stock files in almost any file type. But today I want to focus mostly on photos right here. Stock photos are sold because the buyer who needs photos wants to save time and money by foregoing the process of hiring a photographer. Now consider the portfolio website of a photographer to be a store. And then think of a stock photo website as a marketplace for those stores. Now perhaps you're saying right now, I'm not a trained photographer, so I can't do this. Well, I want you to dismiss that idea right away, because even trained photographers are very critical of their own pictures, and you can only get better and better at your photography the more time you put into it. It doesn't matter if you like your own pictures. It only matters if someone else likes them. And this is a particularly good type of passive income for artists to explore because, as I've said before, you got to be passionate about the thing you're trying to make income from passively. This is also excellent for creative freelancers because you can rely on it when you're in between jobs. And sometimes professionals on a job have leftovers that your clients didn't use. So you can sell those on stock sites rather than just let them go to waste. The more stock you create, the more you have to sell, and the more likely you are to sell and make something in return. But let's not delude ourselves here. There's a reason why everyone doesn't do this. If it were as easy as shooting a couple photos with your digital camera, registering with a site like iStockPhoto.com, and uploading the photos there, and earning cash from the sales they generate, everyone would be doing it if it were just that easy. Many of these stock photo sites won't let you upload just anything. 
For some of them, you have to demonstrate your skills as a photographer by submitting samples. They do this primarily for quality control. They can't have their website filled with junk photos with prices attached to them and expect people to browse through it, let alone buy anything. The rate of failed submissions is very high. You also have to remember that prices on these photos will be low, around $1 to $5, of which the website will take a big chunk out of, leaving you only with a few cents. In order to make your submissions accepted and get them to sell while competing with millions of other photos, you need to follow a strategy similar to the Amazon Kindle sales strategy. Remember the program episode I did on that one? That was uh, Allure, Confer, Collect, Repeat. Well, this strategy here is a lot shorter. It's just Attract and Convert. That's all it is. It's two steps. And most of the work will be spent on the first step. In step one, to attract, we must... Find out what subjects sell. Select a niche we are comfortable in. Understand the licensing agreements for the sites that we choose to sell on. Optimize our images for the site's search engine and external ones. And use keywords effectively and ethically. And step two, to convert, we must set our prices at a reasonable level, provide full disclosure of who we are, and protect ourselves from copyright infringement. While all this seems small and simple, there is much work involved in each aspect. This work in the process is what will separate your photos from the millions of others on the stock website. But before you look further into this process, make sure this is a field you're passionate about. If you already are, that's excellent. If you're also a trained photographer, that's even better. If you are passionate, but you're not a trained photographer, then take a look at some of these websites that will help you further develop your skills as a photographer. And you can get the links to them all at unfairedge.com slash session 17. First one is Digital Photography School. And that's a website with simple tips to help digital camera owners get the most out of their cameras. It's ran by a digital photo enthusiast, Darren Rose, who makes his living in the business. Entrepreneurs like him are the ones you should be seeking advice out from. The next one is Picture Correct. And that's a valuable resource to photographers of all experience levels. Their stated goal is to serve some of the best information that is relevant to photographers everywhere. And it's ran by Richard Schneider, who also opened up Picture Social, which is a social network specifically for photographers. And the last one is Photable. And that was created to gather together the best photos, tips, and gear reviews for photography enthusiasts. Because there's so much information out there, some important advice often goes unnoticed, and that's why Photable was created, so you can find some of the best photography-related articles around. Now, if you ever asked yourself, who buys stock images, and what exactly are they looking for? Well, stock images are bought by advertising agencies, magazines, publishing houses, self-publishing authors who want images for their book covers, and it's bought by website owners and uh, blog owners like me as well as nonprofits and government agencies. Each one of these buyers have different likes and needs. For example, a blogger will want images that will load fast on the web page, so small file sizes will work best. A magazine will want something that commands attention to get those page turners to stop and look for a second. And a publishing house will want something with less colors because they're going to print these pictures in massive amounts. So what kind of photos are being bought and downloaded the most? Take some time looking through some examples at Fotolia's Hall of Fame. Notice anything similar among them. The images that are most likely to sell are the ones that have people in them. The reason why is the same as one of the rules I wrote for monetized blogging. 
and that's people connect with other people. If someone sent you a Facebook friend request with a screen name you don't recognize and their profile picture was just a picture of nature or abstract objects, would you really accept the request? Definitely not. But if they had a face attached to their name, perhaps you remember that it was the cute girl you met at the party a few nights ago, or it's a guy in your college class that you've spoken to a few times but always forget his name. Images that contain people convey emotion better and help aid the onlooker in getting the message of it. Now bear in mind that in order for stock photo websites to accept these photos containing people, you'll be required to send them model releases and signed agreements. That's what makes this more involved than most people think, and it's why not everyone tries to do this. So the competition is narrowed down from everyone with a camera to everyone with a friend that's okay being downloaded all over the world. Very few competitors. But don't feel discouraged if you don't think you can get a friend to agree to that. Notice some of the other images in Fatulia's Hall of Fame were illustrations of a stick figure. If you can't get a real person, you can always design one. Even if you're not good at designing people or stick figures as a graphic designer, don't worry. Take a look at the Halls of Fame for all of these websites like Big Stock Photo or Shutterstock. And I've got links to them over at anunfairedge.com slash session 17. Notice that there are a lot of graphics that are just simple web buttons and vector images. These things sell big because there are more web pages on the internet than there are people in the world, and those pages need graphics to keep people's attention. So what should you submit? The mistake that many new photographers make is to submit every picture they've ever taken and wait to see what the buyers like best. This might make some sales, but the better solution is to look at what buyers want and what stock websites say they want. Each stock photography website has its own guidelines that they want you to adhere to in order to get your submissions accepted. iStockphoto, for example, has a very detailed list of what they would like you to submit and what they absolutely would not take. So start with their guidelines and pick from your collection of photos only the ones that fit the list. Also remember these standards when you go out shooting pictures to submit. Before you submit, there are four things you should focus on. The first one is quality, and this one pretty much goes without saying. But one of the reasons for bad quality has to do with sizing. Just leave your photos as they are and don't try to resize them by making them smaller or enlarging them, because that will make the pixels visible, thereby reducing the quality. Second one is editing. Don't go overboard with editing. Photoshop is great, but these websites want photos that were great when they were taken, not photos that were made great in Photoshop. So when you're shooting, try your best to avoid lens flares or noise and high contrasts and blurs. And don't even try to submit over- or underexposed pictures. The websites will automatically reject those. The third is copyrights. You already know not to submit photos that are not your own original work, but even ones that are have to have full clearance from everything appearing in them. Don't submit anything that has corporate logos or trademarks of any kind. And don't take pictures of government buildings or any building or object that has trademarks in the frame. And leave out the Apple if you're taking a picture of the Apple Store. Fourth thing is licenses and releases. Buyers don't actually buy the photo from you. They buy a license to use the photo. The 1976 Copyright Act states that pictures automatically fall under copyright protection for the lifetime of the person who took the picture. As holder of the copyright, you have four exclusive rights, which are to reproduce the material, display the material, make derivatives of it, and distribute it. When, the su when submitting these photos to a website, you'll most likely retain these rights, but still read the contributor agreement in full, because these rights can be sold. 
So make sure the buyer of your photos isn't also buying these rights from you, but buying just a license to these rights. Now when you have pictures with people in them, you'll need those people to sign a model release and then provide those releases to these stock photo websites upon their request. Now this is just so these websites and the people they sell photos to can protect themselves from ridiculous litigation. So the next real important step here is metadata. And that's the biggest element in marketing these photos. It's what helps people find your photos. The metadata of a website is what helps people find it through search engine optimization. The same thing applies to photos on a stock website. These websites have search engines of their own, and you'll want to optimize your images for them. Metadata consists of title, description, and keywords. When you're keywording stock photos, the most important piece of this process is selecting the best keywords, and as many of them as you can find. It doesn't matter how great your photos are because they may never be found unless they are tagged with the best keywords. But the good news is, we have a long list here to help you generate ideas for keywords. Like first, understand how buyers search for images. When people are looking for images, on iStockphoto or similar websites, they usually enter two kinds of searches. Let's say you have a picture of a woman relaxing in a hammock on the beach, and that's the kind of picture I'm looking for. I might enter in the exact subjects of the picture, such as woman in hammock, into the site's search engine because I'm searching for specific subjects. Or I might enter in the concept of it, like relaxation, because I'm searching for pictures with a specific idea or mood. So be aware of both. When you're trying to generate keywords to describe the mood of your photo, consider these. What is the first feeling that the image gives you? Is this image telling a story? Is it a piece of a larger concept? What was your original intent in taking the picture? Was there something you were trying to express? The buyer might also be looking for a specific type of technical shot, such as aerial views, close-ups, and portraits. Remember to enter in what kind of shot it is as a keyword. Some things to consider when listing the technical aspects of the photo as keywords. Things like lighting, is it natural or backlit? Focus, does it have a shallow depth of field or a, a deep one? Or does it have differential focus? What's the photo orientation? Is it horizontal or vertical? Think of the color. Is it black and white or is it colorized? And the exposure, does it have long exposure or motion blurs? Or techniques and edits, is it light painting or... HDR, and then the photo classification. Is it nature? Is it still life or a portrait? The second thing is create a process. Generating keywords requires you to be both creative and flexible, but you can get lost or off track when thinking them up. So it's best to make out a list or a process to follow so you get the most and best keywords you can think of. A good way to do this could be starting out with writing a description of the photo and deriving keywords from it. Then move on to the conceptual aspects of it, where you focus on what ideas or moods the picture is associated with. And finally, look at the technical aspects of it, not just the type of shot it is. Also look at how bright or how dark the picture is, its level of contrast and use of color or lack of it. The third thing is the visual description. Just put yourself in the position of standing next to a person who's blindfolded and can't see the picture, so you have to describe it for them. Forget entirely about how and where the picture was taken, and write only about the visual information presented within the photo. Run through the following. Is it a picture of people or objects? Describe whichever specifically. What are the dominant colors shown? What are the prominent objects of the photo? Describe them in detail. 
Is the location worthy of mention? Is it a well-known one? If it's a well-known one, then yes. So pinpoint it exactly and allude to it generally. For example, a skyscraper in New York City, that's general, but the Empire State Building in New York City, that's specific. From which angle is the view being seen from? And what other technical points are worth mentioning? Is this a tall photo or a wide one? Or is it a panoramic? Leave out insignificant details, such as birds barely visible in the background. With each keyword you add, keep the buyer in mind. For every keyword, ask yourself, if I entered this into the search engine and this picture came up, would I think it was fitting or out of place? The fourth thing is personifying people. When we search for images of people, we don't just type in people or man or woman. Then again, some searchers do, but chances of your photo coming up on top in the results are slim. Instead, the searcher will enter in specifics about the people, such as clothes, hair length and color, body shape, ethnicity, age, and many other aspects of their appearance. Jot down all of these traits and use them as keywords. The age number is particularly significant for photos of kids. Don't forget to include the physical position and actions of the people in the shot as well. Are they sitting, standing, walking, or facing directly at the camera, etc.? Here's a list of traits to profile for your models. Age range. Newborn baby or kid, toddler, teen, tween, 20s, 30s, 40s, senior, or mature adult. A generational period. Is it Gen X or is it a baby boomer? The ethnicity. Is it Caucasian, Black, African American, White, Hispanic, Latino? I mean, there's many different ways to describe a certain uh, ethnicity. Gender. Is it a man, a woman, a guy, a girl, boy, or a lady? Or how many people generally are in the photo? Is it a group? Is it a crowd? Friends? Is a family role noticeable, such as parent or grandparent or sister? Is their job made obvious? Can you tell that the guy in the photo is a pizza guy or a businessman or a cop? What are they doing in the photo? Are they standing, speaking, or throwing something? What emotion are they expressing? Are they happy, angry, or sad? Also consider the more subtle emotions like concern or disappointment. Is an interaction being captured? Brother and sister or argument? Be both specific and general when answering these questions. The fifth thing is think of multiple roles. Is it important to remember that one object may carry more than one name? For example, a mother is also a woman. Blueberries are also berries, fruit, and food. Football is also a sport played by athletes. New York is also a city, and so on. Don't overlook or neglect what's obvious. Specific keywords may be good at getting buyers who are on a mission and know exactly what it is they're looking for, but not all searches are like this. A lot of times, searches start with just a concept, so it's best to think about creating keyword hierarchies. The different stock websites will have different procedures for how their search engines will handle phrases, plural words, and verbal tenses. So when you submit a single image to many different sites, you probably won't get the same results from each site. With this in mind, it's better to be more open and free with your keywords. The sixth thing is location. As you are describing the setting of the picture, focus more on what kind of place it looks like rather than just flat out saying where it actually is. For example, you might know that you took the picture at a beach, but it looks more like a desert because the ocean isn't in the shot. People aren't persuaded by what the keywords say the photo is, but only by what the photo actually shows. 
use both specific names of places as well as more general terms. For example, the Chrysler Building is a skyscraper, but also part of New York City and its skyline. Perhaps the image immediately provokes thought about a certain place, like a picture of a zebra could include Africa as a keyword. So how much is enough? Well, no one really has an answer to that question. Professionally keyworded images have at least a hundred, but I don't recommend you sit down for hours until you can generate 100 words. But if you have less than seven, you have too few. Instead of striving to reach a certain quantity of keywords, you should try to maximize the quality of each one you have. Too many keywords will have you irritating buyers as your images will show up in searches that are not relevant to it. And too few keywords will have your images invisible and thereby not purchasable. While looking for keywords and trying to come up with as many as possible, don't lose track and squeeze in too many, some of which are very loosely connected. If I'm looking for a photo of a face, I'm not expecting to see a clock just because clocks have faces. Only use keywords that are actually representative of the photo itself. They must be both accurate and thorough, but not so detailed that they end up in irrelevant results. Now don't forget the title and description. Many believe that the title of your photo doesn't matter because the buyer will hardly ever see it. And that's true, the buyer probably won't. This isn't like blogging where the headline must be catchy in order to get a click. But the title still does matter because the search engine will see it. So it's important to use your best keyword phrase for your title. <clears throat> With the description, two or three sentences will do. If the picture contains a specific animal, not just a dog, but specify pit bull, include that as well as the location if your picture illustrates a recognizable and well-known one. However, do not write long descriptions. Buyers are not going to even read them, so it's a wasted effort. Now, one final tip on keywording. Take a look at the best-selling photos on the website you're looking to submit your photo to and see what keywords they use. As long as the photos you're looking at are similar to yours and depict the same subjects or concepts, it's okay to copy. So how much should you charge for your stock photos? That depends largely on the usage that you'll allow and the exclusivity of the image. The price range of stock photos go from $1 for a micro stock image to hundreds of dollars for a picture that will be licensed exclusively or a logo you designed that the buyer intends to trademark. So the best websites that pay. Number one is Shutterstock. It has an Alexa traffic rank of 337. It's free to join and upload images to. The payouts for photographers vary depending on several factors. And this is because Shutterstock allows buyers to purchase single images of their choosing, which they call images on demand, and through subscriptions. For subscription purchasers, you are paid 25 cents for each image sold until you've sold $500 worth of images. Then it goes up. If your images sell on demand, you're paid between $0.81 cents and $1.88 until you've sold $500 worth, and then it goes up. For a chart detailing the earnings potential, they have an earnings schedule that I've linked to over at anunfairedge.com slash session17. Images submitted are required to be 4 megapixels at minimum size. Images submitted are required to be at least 4 megapixels in size. Second one is Photolia. That has an Alexa traffic rank of 704. Anyone can upload images and sell them on this site. The accepted formats are JPEGs, AIs, and EPS. After you create an account, you're prompted to complete an online training program. Then you may upload images. The editors of the website will review the uploaded images and then notify you of their approval or rejection. 
Royalty payments are made to you in the form of credits that can be converted to cash when you reach 50 credits. The percentage you earn starts at 35%, but can go up to 63% as your photo sells more, or as you sell more photos. And again, I got a price chart and a uh, payout chart over at the website. Third one is Dreams Time, and that has an Alexa traffic rank of 1,106. And perhaps the easiest site to sell images on, and the one that prides itself on paying out the highest royalties. You register, upload, wait for approval, which is judged on their standards of suitable content rather than artistic quality, and then earn. You receive 50% of each sale, but can also earn up to 60% for sales involving exclusivity. Another one is Feature Picks. Although this site is new and doesn't have a high traffic rank, mainly because it's not part of the Getty Images monopoly, its base is growing and its reach is expanding. You need only to follow their simple guidelines in order to upload images and earn money from them. The payments to the photographers are made through money bookers, PayPal, or by mailed check when your earnings exceed $50. This website offers a 70% commission rate to uploaders, which is the highest of all, but I don't think it will last forever. This may be just a promotional thing they're doing temporarily in order to get more photographers to submit to the website and have more selection available. Another really popular one is iStock Photo. It has an Alexa traffic ranking of 558. It's the Internet's largest stock website with millions of photos on just about any subject. You can sell your pictures for as low as $1. When your photos are bought by a subscribed user, you're paid only between 15 and 20% at first. But that can go as high as 40% as you sell more photos. In exclusive sales, you can make up to 45%. The pricing and payout plans are pretty complex, and you can review them over at the website and at the program notes for this episode. They first require you to pass a quiz, then submit three samples for review. And the last one I'll give you is Alamy, and that... Uh, and that one has paid over $110 million to photographers and already offer up a 50% commission. But unlike other stock websites, this one does all it can to help the seller by showing you exactly how their search engine works and how customers will find your image. If you take good pictures related to news stories, Alamy will specifically help you sell them to multiple news agencies, which pay out very well. This is perhaps the best website when considering favorability to sellers. These six websites were selected on the basis of high payouts and high traffic, all of which they had at the time of writing this program. They're all free to join, provide clear upload guidelines, and allow and accept a wide array of digital image file types and sizes. There may be better ones out there, or new ones still to come, so keep checking with us over at unfairedge.com as we'll be watching the news in this way of making more passive income. Now for some final tips here. I didn't spend too much time about taking great photos, which is the best thing you can do to sell your photos. And mainly that's just because I'm not a trained photographer, but I do know that there's a few things you can do to make your photos look better, and other things you can do after the shots are taken to make sure they sell. First one is use a tripod often. Images downloaded from these websites have to be available in different sizes, but also retain their quality as they are enlarged. So website editors that approve your photos will be assessing them at their full size, where the tiniest camera shake can have a very damaging effect on the quality. If you use a tripod, though, the chances of this happening are reduced, if not eliminated. Set for a deep depth of field. Many photographers report getting easier acceptance when they submit photos with a large depth of field, or a high f-stop. 
This means everything is captured in the clearest possible focus and cuts down all the blur. And again, this is another reason to use a tripod because of the slower shutter speed. Demonstrate technical expertise, not artsy-fartsiness. When submitting photos, leave out the ones that were taken for purposes of self-expression. Those aren't taken seriously by the website editors, but technical quality ones definitely are taken seriously. The shots you submit should be exposed accurately, with sharp focus and composition that is easy on the eyes. And another thing that sells very well is business photos. They always sell very well for some reason. They get bought up the most. Now my guess is because business-to-business marketing is done mostly on the internet, and the marketers need shots that suggest a sense of seriousness. So think of creative ways you can shoot business-related activities, such as meetings and conferences, marketing concepts, salesmanship, and supply chain managing. Active lifestyle pictures sell well, too. Get out of your house and take some shots of outdoor activity in a scenic location. It could be rock climbing, beach jogging, boating, or city life. If the weather is crummy outside, set up some interesting still life shots, like images of food, which also sell very well. These things are valuable to fitness, diet, tourism, and food websites, and money-related images as well. Many financial blogs, and there are many of them, and websites buy images that relate to money in some way. When I was looking for photos for my website, I opted for the most creative ones, such as a mix of money and medical instruments like a stethoscope being used on a piggy bank or an x-ray being used on a wallet. Because money is conceptual, there's so much that can be done with just playing pieces from the Monopoly board game. But don't shoot that trademark. Another thing is keep an eye on current trends. This is the real powerful selling secret here. Look at what's trending and decide from that what to shoot. Because the trends are the only real market intelligence we have available to us in this business. Also, seasonal sales of stock photos do occur. Around the holidays like Christmas and Halloween, websites are looking for something thematic to add to their appearance. Incorporate current events if possible. As you watch the news, look for events or concepts that you can photograph or illustrate, such as a recession, Olympics, election, economic boom, whatever. Especially do this when you see topics like that trending on the stock websites. News websites have to have pictures to go along with their stories, and they don't always have a photographer for each one. Or sometimes it's for an editorial piece that begs for a photo to go with it. Don't be easily discouraged. It may seem disappointing if you've uploaded 20 shots and none of them is sold in a month, but don't let that discourage you. Just like with the ebook strategy, you have to produce more and more to become successful because each new upload with each one of them, you've increased your market exposure and chances of making a sale. Just a handful of photos will not provide a reliable income stream. You have to remember that buyers on these websites just want a photo fast for cheap. Think of how many pictures your camera can hold. It's easy to accumulate a lot of digital photos. Register your portfolio with the National Copyright Office. There are people who just have no respect for the work of others. If your pictures are uploaded to a website in the Getty Images network, the photos will likely be protected. But when Getty Images seeks a settlement for a copyright infringement, I have no idea if the original photographer gets a share of it. So, if you were to find your images on another website, and you don't believe they have a license to use them, you can seek your own settlement if your work is registered with the Copyright Office. And for a way to check if your photos are being used without a license, you want to do a Google reverse image search, which I can't really explain audibly how that's done, but it's basically dragging and drop the photo into the search engine box on Google. And that allows you to see what other websites a certain image appears on. 
But remember, not every website using your photo is an infringer. Just ask them if they can produce a license to use that photo if it looks fishy. So the last thing I'll say is this. This one is not easy, and it's not quick. The submission and quality check periods can take up to a month, and then you have to spend time keywording the photos. However, it's not impossible. If you gather together a strong collection of quality photos and spread them across multiple websites, your chances of selling increase dramatically. If photography or graphic design is something you love, then this is perfect for you. But you must also learn the business of it. That means generating keywords, checking out the trends, photographing or designing what sells. You gotta keep at it to succeed. This has been The Unfair Edge with Jonah Jones. See more at unfairedge.com.